So it's basically the seller is, is offering you financing for a period of time with or without a down payment, typically a smaller down payment in many times than, than the bank would require. And what you can do, it gives you an opportunity to be very, very creative. And so the seller is the bank. Welcome to Investing in the U.S., an Aussie's Guide to U.S. Real Estate, a podcast for international investors and real estate entrepreneurs looking to break into the U.S. market. G'day, g'day, guys. How you all doing today? Welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the U.S., an Aussie's Guide to U.S. Real Estate. From Los Angeles, I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, I know you're going to get a lot of value out of today's show because that's what we do. Each week, we interview industry leaders, the cream of the crop of the real estate world here in the United States, so you can learn from successful entrepreneurs who are out there getting deals done. And the reason that I do this is to educate. I, I like to educate others to create long-term wealth just and to start successfully investing in U.S. real estate. Enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. Guys, are you having a hard time finding and sourcing great single-family cash-flowing properties? I bet you're finding it hard to locate a good cash-flowing deal in your local market, right? Well, on the show, we are all about successful investing. And successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets with the right team. Here at Investing in the US Podcast, we have joined forces with that right team, which is Narada Real Estate. The team at Narada Real Estate specializes in finding great cash-flowing single-family properties across different markets within the United States. Check out naradarealestate.com to find out more. That is N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Rod Klee, who has over 38 years experience in real estate investing and management. Rod has built a net worth of over $50 million through purchasing both single family and multifamily deals across three states in Colorado, Tennessee, and Florida. He's also the host of a great podcast called Lifetime Cashflow Podcast, and you can find that on iTunes. And to top it all off, Rod is also the founder of Tiny Hands Foundation, which helps underprivileged youth with food and basic needs. So enough out of me. Let's get him out here. G'day, Rod. Welcome to the show. Hey, Reed. How's it going? Great to be here. Good, mate. Mate, that's a pretty incredible resume. Very, very incredible stuff. 38 years experience. You also got your hands involved in a foundation. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, that foundation is the, really uh, the joy of my life. One thing I, I failed to mention in the introduction is that, uh, Rod, you're an immigrant from the Netherlands, right? You moved here. I am. I don't, want to, I, want to, I don't want to give it all away, but you moved here when you were very, very young. But the reason I bring that up is because my goosens or hoisens is, is in the mother tongue is uh, I'm also Dutch. My opa and oma, my, my grandparents are from the Netherlands. So they immigrated wow. to, to Australia back in the day. Um, are you fluent at all in Dutch? No, I, I used to speak it fluently. I immigrated when I was six. Uh, we came across on a big boat and... I remember my mom crying when she saw the Statue of Liberty. It was very cliche, and uh, we ended up in Colorado. But uh, no, I, I understand Dutch fairly well. Mm -hmm. uh, if I were there for a month, I'd, I'd be able to speak it. I have a lot of family in Holland uh, and uh, love love going back there. Awesome stuff. I, 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 love, I love traveling there it was whenever I can. It's a, great, it's a great, great country. 
So, Rod, before we dive into the nuts and bolts of today's show, can you tell us something that most people might not know about you unrelated to being a successful real estate entrepreneur? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a tough one. I wasn't ready for that. Well, what people don't know about me, well, believe it or not, I'm a prepper. I, 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 Yeah, yeah, I totally am. I've got uh, a year's supply of food. I've got... You know, uh, you know, I, I I worry about what could happen in this economy. So I, you know, people buy insurance for homes and businesses and cars, and this is my insurance in case there's ever a crisis in this country. But Fantastic. yeah, it's a little unusual, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, I I always hit it with a curveball to start off with. You make sure yeah, people, people yeah, are on threw, their toes. <laughs> you, you knocked me off there. With that being said, I, I want to know a little bit more about your background. You know, you've come from the, the Netherlands back when you were young, you were explaining. Um, but how did you get started in real estate investing? That just doesn't happen. And you have 38 years of experience. That's just, that's incredible. Yeah, I know. When you when you say it like that, it's it's I get tired. I want to go lay down. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I started when I was very young. I got my broker's license in Colorado when I was 18. Uh, and back then you were able to get, a, you know, there's agents and there's brokers. You're able to go right into broker's license with schooling. And so I made the paper. I was very young and I thought I was going to be wealthy in real estate. I I put a, a bus bench down at the end of my street, which with my picture on it, my name, of course, didn't get me any business, but made my mom proud. And uh, and I first year, and the, but I tell you, the reason that I got into real estate, which is good, my mom, with her babysitting money, bought the house across the street for I don't, I'm going to guess at the numbers, but there was about thirty thousand when I was fifteen or sixteen, and when I graduated from high school, it was in the fifties. And although I hate math and flunked basic math in school, I was able to do that calculation. And I was like, wow, you know, real estate has some some real interest to me. And so I started selling real estate, only made about 10 grand my first year, made about 15 grand my second year, which back in 78 and 79 wasn't horrible. But but my third year, I made over 100 grand. And what happened between year two and three was something that, you know, your listeners could probably get value from. And that is I, I got enough education that I got confidence and, and I'd done it long enough where I got confidence. And really it was, it was between my knowledge base and um, a little bit of experience. I got that confidence and that made all the difference because then I was congruent. I could speak confidently to people uh, and, and influence people based on my confidence. So, but then I, I found a niche, you know, I, I was listing properties, but a guy I was working for, a broker, was actually buying houses and flipping them. And so I decided back in the late 80s to start buying and holding. And I ended up buying 500 houses in Denver. And uh, then I moved on to Memphis. I bought a couple of hundred houses in Memphis. And I called that one of my biggest seminars. Uh, nothing against nothing against those of you from Memphis, but you know what I'm talking about. And uh, and then uh, luckily I'm out of those. Uh, I've got five left there. But then I ended up buying about thirteen houses, thirteen hundred houses in Florida, all on buy, all on buy and hold. And I tell you that, and I'm telling your listeners that don't do that. Okay, there just don't do that. My my podcast is about multifamily real estate, and that's for a reason. Although I have incredible credibility when it comes to single family houses, I will try to talk you out of it every day, because you know for a whole lot of reasons. Uh, but but anyway, uh, you know I, I've I've owned a lot of houses. I've owned some apartment complexes, and and I'm, I'm actively pursuing multifamily deals right now. And you know, and the thing I love about real estate. For those of you that are thinking about getting into it is, you know, those of you that have a job, every January 1st, you're going back to work. If you, if you acquire 
some cash flowing assets like and, and I would recommend multifamily real estate, at some point you don't have to go to work anymore. It, it's just you're just cashing paychecks. You know, I uh, I met a I met an old Jewish guy that I was trying to buy some apartments from in Denver a lifetime ago, probably thirty years ago, and he owned a bunch of free and clear. Smaller, well, smaller, relatively speaking, probably 20 to 30 unit buildings, but they were all free and clear in Denver. And he told me something I never forgot. And that is, he he told me, son, you know, I know you're interested in buying multifamily and I didn't own any at that time. He said, go out there and buy it and, and, and just let it, other people pay it off. And when they're free and clear, you will have buckets and buckets of money. And I've never forgot, I've never forgotten that. I, I, I even visualize the buckets and buckets of money. So anyway, that's my story. Reed. That's, that's incredible. And you yeah. know, that's why I wanted to let you just keep talking because you 30, with 38 years experience, you just got to take a step back and as the host and just let you talk about your, your, your journey, because that's incredible. Cause as you said, you've had some ups and downs by the sounds of it. And to get to what thirteen hundred single family units? That's that's uh, single family houses. That's incredible. I mean, oh well, let, let's talk about the downs for a minute, okay? <laughs> yeah. You 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 said yeah he he had fifty million dollars in real estate. Yes, I did, but the year was two thousand six, okay? <laughs> and my 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 net income in two thousand six went up seventeen million dollars from appreciation, and you're thinking, wow, seventeen million dollars in a year. But don't forget what happened in two thousand eight. I got my ass handed to me, excuse me for using that language, but yes, I, I, I got my butt kicked and really had a, a, a $50 million seminar, frankly. And wow. uh, I call them seminars because they're learning experiences. Now I'm back now and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm doing really well. I've, I've, I've got uh, a big uh, uh, litigation support company and, mm-hmm. and you know, $10 million company and, and life, is, life is great and we're buying multifamily real estate. But the point that I, the reason that I get on my soapbox about multifamily real estate was when the market crashed here in Florida, I was only at a 30% loan to value. So what that means, guys, is for every hundred grand in real estate value, I only owed 30 grand and I went upside down. That's how far the market crashed here. So, I mean, I was upside down. I was, I was underwater. My, the, the, what I owed at, at, a, at a point in late 2008, 2009 was, was more than what the properties were worth. So had I been – and there were some other nuances to the single-family homes because the taxes and insurance are high here. It, they really don't cash flow as well with the turnover that I was having. So for a lot of reasons – uh, well, let me let me back up. I also had some apartment complexes here, and they did just fine. So, you know, I've studied macroeconomics a little bit, and I interview people that study macroeconomics, and they all think another correction is coming. You know, it's there's going to be a pullback. If you're doing single family, you can get in trouble because you're you're buying based on value, and and if and if you're if you have a house and it's empty, you're 100 percent vacant. Where if you've got multifamily, even if there's a pullback, you're usually in really good shape. You know, if you buy right and and you know you look for value add opportunity. So anyway, I'm I'm rambling, but but my my, my point is is multifamily is where it's at. People always need a place to live. I love the B and C caliber properties that 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 you can you can add value to. You know, and and again, I mean, I I did it real big with single family homes and thought I was smart and. And uh, got a l- humbling lesson. Got a humbling lesson. Well, that's incredible yes, um, yeah. because I'm a huge fan of multifamily, and that's it, it doesn't exist in Australia where I'm from. You don't just go and buy 
two, you know, 30 units, it doesn't, it just doesn't happen um, just because it's, and we don't, I won't dive into why, but the value that you, as you just mentioned before, you're, you're the banks or just to elaborate a little bit more. And I talk about a lot on this show is that the banks value cash flow, And if you can increase that cash flow, if you can maintain that cash flow, you're going to maintain the value of the property, you know, regard, even with the dips and ups and downs. And yeah, there's going to be some, some hits to your, to your renters and in, in the value of a, a multifamily, but it's more recession proof than a single family. Cause as you said, if, if, if a renter leaves, you're hundred percent, you're a hundred percent vacant. And yeah, absolutely. By far, even if you just buy duplexes or triplexes or quads, and I know you started out that way, I think, yep. and, and, yep. and, and, and that's a great way to start. Uh, and you know, that it, it typically with those properties, you can typically have one unit empty or even two units empty sometimes and, and still break even. Yep. And that's, that's the value. And of course, it exponentially gets higher when you have a larger property. So, you know, yeah, I mean, obviously having gone through what I went through uh, mm-hmm. and the pain and stress and frustration of that, please learn from, from, <laughs> from me here, guys. Okay. Uh, multifamily is, is the way to go. It's, it's just phenomenal what, you, what you're able to do in this country. Uh, it, it, is, it is phenomenal. And guys, check out Rod's podcast I mentioned before, Lifetime Cashflow Podcast. But mm-hmm. Rod, I wanted to jump into the major topic of today to help our listeners take their investing career to the next level. Because, you know, and today's no different. I, I always love talking about a topic. And the topic that I haven't actually covered on this show, which I love talking about, and I actively try and use as much as I can in some of my deals is creative financing options when buying a deal, in particular seller carryback financing, and how that can help people get their first multifamily deal done. So, would you be able to start at the beginning and walk the listeners through uh, what is seller carryback financing? Sure, it's, uh, it's it's phenomenal, is what it is, and you want to get it whenever you can. You know, it's basically where the seller owns the property free and clear, typically. Or if they have debt on the property, sometimes they can also uh, take a second mortgage. But they're basically becoming the bank. And there are huge advantages to the seller that I'll talk about in a minute. But but there there are even bigger advantages to you because I buy mobile home parks with seller financing, uh, apartment communities with seller financing. and, And typically, you're dealing with... Well, let me back up. You asked me what it is. So it's basically the seller is is offering you financing for a period of time, you know, uh, with or without a down payment. Uh, You know, typically, frankly, typically a smaller down payment in many times than than the bank would require. And what you can do, it gives you an opportunity to be very, very creative. And so the seller is the bank. There, you, they you you give them an interest rate. Uh, the the collateral is the property. Um, there are a number of ways to be creative with the collateral. In that, uh, you can actually do a mortgage on the property, or uh, they can can be a member in your LLC and have that be their security um, vehicle for the debt. Um, and I can expand on that a little if you want. But that's what it is. If you want to hear about the advantages to a seller. I can speak to that yeah, if you like. Yeah, I was just going to sort of summarize <clears throat> a little bit because there, there is a couple of ways that you, you sort of mentioned that you have to own the property free and clear. Now, do they have to own the property free and clear or can they have a bit of debt on it? And, and I guess what I'm trying to get at is that seller carryback financing is 
you, the no, world. they don't. They don't have to. They don't have to own it free and clear. I, right. I said that, and after I said, I said no. They can have debt on it as sure, well because sure. I, I wasn't. There, are, there are many ways to utilize seller financing. For example, in a larger apartment complex, if a seller is willing to carry even as little as ten to fifteen percent, sometimes depending upon the strength of the group buying the property, the uh, the bank will allow a portion of that seller financing to go towards the down payment, and you can also structure a deal that way. Um, again, use, utilizing the LLC where the whoever the seller is, they uh, become a member in the new LLC taking over the property and a portion of uh, th- what they carry could be part of the down payment. So they, they, that's, that's, a, that's a way to, uh, do, to be creative. They could also wrap the debt that's on the property and, and that's where they keep the debt on the property and you're paying one payment and they continue well you there's some nuances to that but they they would be paying the the original debt on the property and they'd be keeping the difference and there's ways to protect yourself there or they can take a second mortgage on the property keep the initial debt and uh and they're in a second position uh to again help you with uh getting in the property for less money down Wow, that's that's you, you covered just three great topics that you took right. the words right out of my mouth, which is fantastic. Yeah. It's I guess the first one, which is quite lucrative, and you've got to look at it with you said they became a member of the LLC. Another way to look at it is is they actually becoming an investor, right? In in the sure. in, in, in the in the deal now. Sure. They're, they're reinvesting their money. And sure. Hey, Mr. and Mr. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I, we're gonna we're gonna take your property. We're gonna do this, this, and this to it. Once we're done, it's gonna be worth this. Why don't you put leave ten or twenty percent in the deal yep. and this is what your return will be for being in the deal. Exactly. Absolutely right. Exactly. And it's, I guess that's the power of, and we're sort of segueing into why would a, uh, an investor, why would a seller want to engage in something like that? And so do you want to talk a little bit about sure. why the seller would want to engage in a, in a seller carryback finance? Absolutely. So Mr. and Mrs. Seller, you know, we know you've owned the property for a long time. It's gone up in value. You don't own money on it possibly, or maybe you do owe some money. But now that you've owned it as long as you have, you've depreciated that down to zero. So that means when you sell, now again, I'm speaking to the seller, when you sell, you're only going to be able to keep 60% of your net proceeds after U.S. taxes. And, you know, if you take that 60% and invest that, that, that 60%, at today's interest rates, you know, you're probably not going to want to do a uh, complex or risky investment. Typically, these sellers uh, uh, very often are, are older. Uh, they, they've lost their element of risk. So it's probably going to go into a certificate deposit here in the United States, a CD with very low interest rates. So uh, that's one. one ad- well, the big advantage is, is, is the tax savings. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, if you carry uh, – let me back up for a second – Give you a hypothetical example. Let's say you purchased this property for a million dollars 25 years ago. Now it's worth five million. By the time you paid your taxes and recaptured depreciation, you'd net approximately 60% or, or of the five million or three million bucks. That's what you would net, Mr. and Mrs. Seller. And like I said, because it's a lot of money, you wouldn't want to risk it. So you put it in a CD and maybe 3% interest. So your cash flow on that rate of interest would be about 90,000 a year. Now, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, if we structure the transaction the way I'm suggesting, you'd keep the $5 million principal. It would be collateralized against the property. I'll give you a reasonable down payment to show you I'm serious and a much higher interest rate, maybe as high as 8%. To give you an idea of what that means to you, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, you'll get 400000 a year in cash flow instead of 90000 
And, you know, and you can add to it. I can also give you the security of a life insurance policy on me, which would pay off in case something happens to me prematurely. You know, I could offer you a management provision in our agreements that allow you to, you know, call the note off in 90 days if the occupancy falls below a certain level. You know, there's there's things you can do to reassure a seller in this situation. But, you know, anybody that's owned a property a long time is going to pay a fortune in taxes. So it's a real advantage to take that money over a period of time, get a much higher return on it. Uh, because most of these people would rather have the income than have the money sitting in the bank. So it's it's really not I mean, you know, they have to they have to believe in you and you have to be like I said, you have to be congruent and 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 come across as knowledgeable and professional. But you're really offering them value. It's it's a win win. It's not a win lose. You're not taking advantage of them. You're helping them. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing you got to take away is that right. you're setting up an income stream for some. And as you said, sometimes these these older investors uh, have owned the property for such a long period of time. They're looking to cash out. They're looking to retire. You're setting up uh, a continuous cash uh, passive income for them. They've got to do no work for. They they they, they may you got to the biggest thing I always tell my my mentees I like to call them is. You've got to understand what's their motivating for seller. Just to, to Absolutely. Sell. And I should have started with that. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, what do you plan on doing with the money that you get from this property? And then they'll tell you. And if they're just going to invest it or save it, it's a no-brainer. I mean, this is a much better solution for them. And I'll add one component. Uh, if you're dealing with elderly sellers, there's a lot of benefit to really bonding with them, sitting down with them looking them in the eye, getting to know them and understand them because, you know, people want to do business with people they feel comfortable with. So, you know, you're going to have to have the ability to influence, but more more importantly than that, build rapport and and care about them. I mean, this, you know, look at it from their view, how, you know, solve their problem. And many of them have not thought about this. Okay. That's the, that's another big piece. Many of these sellers haven't thought about the fact they're only going to get able to keep 60% and they're only going to get 2% out of, you know, in, in return or less out of the bank. So, you you have to educate them. Right. And that's really, really important. And and uh, real estate in general is just a people's game. And as you just said, developing that relationship with that seller over a period of time and educating them on the benefits of doing something like this. And, you know, a lot of people have uh, reserves because they're like, oh, I don't know, if, how's my money going to be safe in this property? Can I trust you? And that where it comes down to you is the now you got to put on your sort of salesman cap. I don't know what sure. I like to call it like that, but sure. you've got to really sell yourself in terms of these are these are the X Y Z steps I'm going to put in place in the contract that's going to keep your capital safe. And I, you you just alluded to a couple of them, sure. which, I, which I haven't heard of, but that sounds the, the one about the the vacancy falling to uh, less than maybe sixty percent or whatever it might be, and that you can call the note due, which is quite a, right. Quite a right. You basically one. say you know if if the vacancy falls below a certain level and you give me ninety days to fix it, if not, then then you come step back into the property, or if it's fa- or if it's falling into disrepair, or dysfunction, whatever. And obviously, you're not going to buy an asset and let that happen. So you know there are ways to 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 reassure a seller and really create a partnership. It's really, really incredible the way the value you can get. And it also goes back to some of the listeners on this show. They want to get into uh, multifamily deals. And, and some of the listeners probably on your show, Rod, this is a great opportunity because what it does, you don't then have to go out and jump through hoops with uh, financial institutions because you don't have that credibility of just 
you know, say it's a million dollar mobile home park that you're buying. You right. don't you don't just have a million dollars in net worth. You're starting out. We're all got to start somewhere. So it's a sure. great way to get your first deal done. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, how that can help the seller cutting your teeth on a bigger deal? Well, help the seller or Sorry. help the buyer. Help the help, buyer. Help, so help the, the buyer. buyer. Yeah. No. It, 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 it's it's it, if you're new. You have one of two choices if you're going to buy a, a decent-sized property. You either find seller financing and and pool the money together to to, to pay down or, or cut a fantastic deal with the seller where it's little down. But that's one option. Option two is you if you're going to take down a larger property, you're going to have to find a sponsor. You're going to have to find somebody that's done it before, someone that's got credibility and experience in the market that you're in to come in on the deal with you because otherwise the bank's – you're, you're going to scare a bank and you won't be able to get financing. Now, that said, that's on a larger deal. Now, I will say this. If you're, if you're just getting started and you're going to do you know, multifamily, I recommend – you go out and buy a duplex, triplex, or quad. You can even get FHA financing on it. You know, this is for your domestic uh, yep. buyers, your domestic buyers. But but for for your uh, your your Aussies, you know, the, the the value in these multifamily properties, the opportunity to to increase the value, it, it's it's exponential. And and so, you know, for for the domestic guys, go out and get FHA financing uh, and buy a duplex or a triplex or a quad. You got to move into it, but that's okay, and 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 that's a great way to start. I interviewed a guy that 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 started ten years ago. He's got a hundred units now, seven million dollar in value, and that's how he did it, one at a time. Bought a duplex, quad, triplex. You know, he's got significant income now, and he did it all by himself without partners, just sweat equity, and so that's, you know, that's what's possible. You know, if you live here in the States uh, and, and you're crazy not to do that, don't buy a house. Go buy a quad. Go buy a quad that you can ultimately move out of and, and have a couple thousand a month in income once you move out. Exactly. Net that's, income. Yeah. That's that's the value of here in the United States, the value of the yield you get from owning not just one unit in, you know, 100 units because that's how it works in Australia. It's more condominiums. Uh, it's owning the entire building and that operates like a business and you value the cash flow. But we've talked a ton about that on this show. Um, but Rod, I'd love to get your uh, top five investing tips uh, for investing here in the United States. You ready to get into it? It's a quick fire round of uh, five questions that I always ask. Let's do it. What's the most successful habit you practice to keep on track towards your goals? I literally write my goals down every single morning. So, yes, and I have pictures of all my goals on the wall in front of me. And I'm very big in visualization and manifesting and, and visualizing what you want. Uh, and I've, it's, I've used it numerous times in my life to get, you know, things that I've wanted. And, and that's what I do. I'm always looking at it. I'm very visual. So I'm always looking at pictures and I'm always writing my goals down. Fantastic. What's the most influential tool in your real estate business? I know you'd have to have one. You've got a very successful business. You've, you've built up a bunch of a big portfolio. It's gone away. You've now built it back up again. What is that most influential tool? <laughs> it's 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 an employee that I have. He's a researcher and he's a he's a 20-year-old kid that wants this so bad and he is out there beating the bushes, learning uh and and growing and understanding demographic and economic information and what to look for in a property and due diligence and and I would say it's him. <laughs> wow. Well, and do, do you want to know something funny? You're actually the third person on this show that's that's actually pinpointed a specific employee. Someone oh, no who, kidding. Yeah, someone who's in their financial team or something like that who just like I I rely on them every day, which is it's it's great. It's you got to develop a team, you got to go out and do it. Absolutely. Um what's the most exciting project you're working on right now? 
I won't tell you where it is, mm-hmm. but I've got a 41 unit apartment complex that I can get, I think, for about 8,000 a door. Wow. That's yeah. really good. What sort yes, of market is. is that in? Well, like uh, just, just high level, you know. If you go uh, it's in North Carolina. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, to, to me, $8,000 yes, yes, a door. No, no, there are some things happening in this market. Um, an employer just pulled out. But what a lot of people don't know is someone else is moving right back in. So uh, there's some fear in the market, but there's also a lot of excitement in the market. And that's the kind of stuff I like. I mean, this is, this is, this is not for a novice investor. This place is going to need some rehab, and it's going to need me to be there a little bit uh, more than I would probably like. But I can't pass that kind of a deal up. And, you know, it's not a war zone, although I've had war zones. I could tell you stories about my <laughs> war zones, uh, but uh, it's not a war zone, so it's, it's fine. We've, 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 we've all had them. Right. <laughs> I, I've, right. I've had them as well. So who's the most influential person in your career to date? Was it your mum or was it someone no, else? No, Tony Robbins by oh, yeah. far. Yeah, yeah. I've, been, I've been following him for 16 years. He's impacted every area of my life. I'll do a shout out to him in a heartbeat. I actually, I actually help him and, and enjoy you know, doing three or four of his events a year. I'd highly recommend it. And he come, in fact, I was in Sydney at, at the Gold Coast at a Tony event. Uh, that's that's the time I went to Australia. I was uh, you know, Aussie, 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 and I was <laughs> I was there. For, yeah, yeah, right. I was there. I was there for a Tony event and and crossed over your bridge in Sydney. Did that walk and and uh, and did an event in the Gold Coast. So Fantastic. That, uh, definitely I do, him. I do have to get to one of his events. I really. Oh yeah, I, I I can't. You can't. Anybody listening that hasn't done it should go to one of his events. Trust me, you'll be very glad you did. Got it. Got it. Uh, last question is the best U.S. deal you've completed to date? Well, the most fun was a house I flipped. But I, again, I'm not, I'm not proposing that. I flipped a house and, and cashed a check for 130000 and took wow. it out of the bank with me. And <laughs> I was young and stupid. I was like 20 and, you know, or 21. And I, and I brought 130000 cash out just to see if I could do it. They had to guard walk me out. But anyway, don't do, <laughs> don't do that. This is what you're not supposed to do, okay? But, but I, I think a, probably an 88-unit apartment complex that I bought in uh, Florida mm-hmm. that had five acres alongside it that was zoned for another 300 units. Wow. That, that was an incredible deal, yeah. That's, re- so. uh, that's another thing I'm very passionate about being an ex-structural engineer is re-entitling land. I love that sort of stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, my, my uh, brother just bought a mobile home park. Um, it's in the, it's, it's, it's uh, in the middle of all this great development and he's looking at it. And, and of course it's the only eyesore in the area and that's the perfect situation to have because, you know, there's so many other opportunities for that land. And, and when you have the vision to see that, you can really capitalize on some opportunities. Exactly, exactly. And I could talk about it all day if you wanted me right. to, but I won't right. get into that. Last question, where can people reach you to continue the conversation? I was wanting to mention that I'm uh, in the middle of writing a book uh, and it'll be done probably in about 90 days. Don't hold me to that, but I'm willing to give it to your listeners for free. I, I, I don't sell anything. I never have and probably never will. It's just really, I believe in what you put into the universe, you get back and you know, if they, if uh, domestically, if they text Rod, R-O-D to 41411, I'll put them on the list for the book. And uh, it'll really, it's a, it's a great book. If I say so myself, it'll be a couple hundred pages long. Don't hold me to the 90 days. It may take four months, but I, I or three months, uh, four months, but, but I'm, I'm pushing it real hard and it's really going to be good. Or uh, if your, your international listeners, if they'd like to get on the list, they can email me and I'll put them on the list for it. It's rod at rodcleef.com. That's R-O-D at R-O-D-K-H-L-E-I-F as in Frank.com and happy to provide that to them. And again, I will not be selling them anything or putting them on an email list or any of that crap. It's, this is just to help them. 
Fantastic. And what's the name of the book that's when it comes out? Uh, you know, it's, I think it's going to be lifetime cash flow through real estate, sure. but I may, I may change it up. Uh, but I'm really enjoying it. It's incredible content in there. It's really kind of a play by play on how to invest. So Fantastic. happy to give that, have that, happy to give that to your listeners. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Rod, you are truly, truly a wealth of information and knowledge. I've really, really enjoyed chatting with you today. I know a lot of people, Likewise. Probably, <laughs> a lot of people will probably be rewinding this 10, 15 times because you just had so many, as you said, golden nuggets in there of just cracking information that people can actionable steps. And that's what we're all about on this show is to give people actionable steps and you're just a really great, uh, great, great interviewee. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks, Reed. I appreciate that. Well, mate, thanks for dropping by and chatting with us. Have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy your weekend and we'll catch up soon. Sounds great, Reed. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it. A great insight into understanding seller carryback financing. It's an extremely powerful tool to have in your tool belt. I know I try and use it wherever I can on all my, not on all my deals, on some of my deals. It cuts down on all the financing headaches and sets up a great income stream for the buyer. It's truly a win-win situation. Now, make sure you check out all the show notes for a summary of today's conversation with Rod. Head over to my website at rsmpropertygroup.com. Just click on the podcast tab. Whilst you're there, you can uh, sign up for my newsletter if you want. It gives us a weekly update on all my podcasts and all the deals that we're working on. Also, it talks a little bit about our wine and cheese event that we have in downtown LA. And it's free. People come along just for all the real estate investors who want to get involved in real estate in the LA area. We put it on once a month. So uh, you can click on the events page there as well. Come and come down and meet us. Uh, also, I'm offering now a three 30-minute consultation with any of my loyal listeners on this show. Uh, on the call, we just discuss anything you want. It's, we're not selling anything. It's not a sales call. It's not a sales pitch about the deals that I'm doing. It's just me trying to help you guys get your investing career to the next level and, and or talk about whatever that might be. Uh, if you want to talk about real estate and how I can help, just shoot me an email at info at rsmpropertygroup.com and just put a little uh, free 30-minute chat in the subject line or you can uh, go onto my website and click on the Become an Investor tab and just put in the comments that you want a free 30-minute consultation. I've had it, I do it a couple of times a week, uh, like Rod said. Rod also does it. I know I've actually got it from him. So um, it's a really great way of me wanting to give back to my loyal listeners. Thanks again for taking some time out of your day to tune in and continue to grow your real estate investing knowledge because that's what we're all about here on this show, continuing to grow your financial IQ. You can follow me on Facebook or Twitter by searching Reed Goosens or RSN Property Group. Also, if you are in the giving mood and you want to give back to the show, the best way you can is by jumping on iTunes and giving the show a five-star review. It really does help uh, increase my reach across the globe and it grows our community of, of eager listeners eager to invest in the United States. We're going to do this all again next week, so take care, be safe, and remember, happy investing. Happy investing.